0: You're listening to Supporting Siblings, where we share the experiences of our not-so-typical life as a brother and sister of individuals impacted by developmental disabilities. Here are your hosts, Larry and Laura.
1: What's up, sis?
2: How you doing, Larry?
1: Uh, I'm doing. Drinking some tea. Uh, Took a little shot of the uh, vocalese. I got to get you some (laughs) of that.
2: Yeah, I made myself a cup of tea just before we started because I have a little bit of a scratchy throat. A little just bit. western you know, fall in Western New York is <laughs> setting in, and and I burned my finger getting my cup out of the microwave, so I'm sitting here with ice on my finger.
1: All right, just don't <laughs> clack that around. All right, I'll do my
2: best, <laughs> do my very best.
1: <laughs> well, so far so good, and uh, you know we have um, something really cool to talk about we officially uh, are have launched our new website by the time this show is posted and uh it's supporting siblings.com awesome yeah there's two dings and <laughs> uh you laura you're gonna take over a blog on the site and yep. um obviously all the episodes will be available <laughs> will be embedded into the site and And a way for people to contact us and go to the Patreon page, all that stuff. So, supportingsiblings.com. Very excited. We were we wanted to do that. Now the next thing that we are going to be doing is sending out a press release. Uh, We have a a new logo coming, which is just about done. Uh, We changed. Mary did
2: a great job on that. uh, No kidding. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, she really did. I like
2: shout out to my
1: sister-in-law Mary your wife Larry she did a great job oh yeah and she's uh actually um working on a post for our Instagram and Facebook and social media about the upcoming episode that'll be uh well it, it had been posted by the time everyone's listening to this so yeah I know she's um boy she's getting really good at uh the uh, the Instagram and and Facebook thing she does more of the Instagram but um, it has helped, I mean, my, my other show really, uh, quite a bit in subscribers and now we're, you know, we're just kind of birthing this, but yeah, Mary did it. She did an awesome job. At, yeah, she did
2: yeah. great.
1: So, uh, by the time we uh, publish this episode, it will have the new cover on there and the logo's up on the site. It's going to be in the press release. And so really excited about where this is going. And, um, once we, uh, do this press release, I think. We're going to get a lot of, we're going to get a big jump here. I, I just feel it, you know?
2: I hope so. You know, I, our goal, again, was not to pat ourselves on the back, but to support other people, you know, going through um, just life on a daily basis of having siblings that are impacted by disabilities. So, um, again, to anybody listening, if you know of anybody that, you know, has a, a sibling that has a disability, share with them. And just you know, maybe we can shed a little laughter and light into their life, and that's our goal.
1: Yeah, yeah. So far, so good too. I'm really so today. Um, you, you, um, you had mentioned we wanted to do an episode on guilt, and I know we're kind mm-hmm. of digging into a lot of negative emotions. We will, we will definitely, again, always wrap up with a nice laugh and. Um, mm-hmm uh down the road talk about some of the more positive uplifting things that we have experienced but um you know it's a, this is a real thing and um that that pretty much every sibling um will experience from time to time it's it seems right. to be inevitable i actually uh found a, a really good article before you get into a particular story that, uh, we're going to tell a couple of, uh, experiences we had with Billy. We've talked a lot about John, John and, um, uh, today we get, we have a couple of stories to share and, uh, but I, I looked, uh, you know, of course I, I always like to do a little bit of reading on whatever, uh, what, whatever is out there kind of clinically and what the clinical things are. And this is, um, an article i found on the website psychiatryadvisor.com and mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, batia swift yasger gosh i hope i said that right um it and it uh, the headline this came out a couple of years ago but uh the headline is emotional problems facing siblings of children with disabilities and i'm not going to read the whole article but there are a, um you know a few key points uh that We'll just we'll build off of it, you know, as we introduce um, the the story uh, the stories we have. But a quote here it says siblings are too important to ignore because no one logs more hours and minutes with special needs children than the brothers and sisters, with the exception of the parents, usually the mother. Um, Moreover, siblings will be in the lives of the disabled family member longer than anyone, including service providers service providers and parents in a relationship in excess of 65 or 70 years. Uh, mm-hmm. He told psychiatry advisors, um, he gets into children at risk and, um, some other things, but more on the subject of what we're discussing on guilt. It said siblings of children with disability, disabilities may experience a wide range of emotions. Some feel guilty because they wonder if they caused the disability. They may feel guilt about being resentful or frightened about the sibling's health. And some may experience a love-hate relationship with the uh, disabled brother or sister. Some are embarrassed about the behaviors and appearances of the sibling. We have we've we've we already covered that one. And uh, it goes to the extent that they, uh, as an only child, they, um, well, let me rephrase that. They may claim to be an only child to friends or avoid inviting friends over. Um, mm-hmm. Guilt can motivate siblings to hide their own feelings so as not to further burden their parents, or they may f- feel the need to be perfect to compensate for their siblings' perceived imperfections or the stress of the sibling's disability is putting on the parents. They suffer silently. So... um it's Some interesting stuff there. I I kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of those things resonated. And, um,
2: well, we have a love hate relationship, so <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah,
1: you know, how I'm about the times to, you know, I used to, and I'd put you in Oh you know, my god, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Laura, come here. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> My favorite was uh, after I uh, took a newspaper and did a sit down in the ba- yeah
2: mm-hmm. in the
1: bathroom. I'd like, hey Laura, come here, check this out.
0: <laughs>
1: I'd shove you in the bathroom <laughs> and hold the door shut. <laughs> yes, yeah. I remember it, was, it
2: well. It yeah. was, and I I don't know why. I would fall for it every single time. I'd go like, what? And I'd come running, right and you'd shove me in the bathroom and slam the yeah. door. That was I'd a small there, bathroom, like... too, that one on yeah.
1: Strip Road. Breathing know. in the
2: methane fumes, <laughs>
1: <feeling. laughs> uh, <clears throat> Screaming, Lord. let
2: me out! Lord,
1: I apologize Mom! for shoving my sister in the bathroom. <laughs> anyway. Remember, yeah. you
2: remember Dad used to say, Laura, let your brother aggravate you. That's why I had a girl. Oh yeah, that was
1: awesome. He did that a couple of times. He, mom, dad, Larry's teasing me. Laura, (laughs) let your brother tease you. That's what. (laughs) That was the whole reason why I had a daughter.
2: (laughs) he was just, and that would just make it.
1: Mom, that used to, that used to piss mom off a little bit. It It really did. Why are you saying that? Don't say that about her. You're going to scar her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good times. Good times. I know. Right. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I actually did, you know, like relate to some of those things that you mentioned in the article, like. You know, I think any sibling, you know, siblings all have love-hate relationships from time to time. We drive each other crazy. We love each other to death. You know, but I think, looking back, you know, there were times when you and I always, you know, not always, that's a very definitive statement, but often um, had to kind of take a back seat because there were some more pressing needs going on between, you know, with John and Billy. So, you know, again, looking back, I mean, I don't, I I don't recall ever feeling resentful about it. I really didn't. Um, I actually felt more, um, I, I think it brought on more sympathy and actually some like guilt for mom and dad, knowing that they were going through things. I became very sensitive to that and could see the stress level on their face. So that's where I, I could really, I really remember feeling very, um, just bad for mom and dad because something else was going down and it was a crisis or something, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, I never felt like I caused John and Billy's disability, but the story that I'm going to tell you today was probably, um, in the top three worst days of my life. Um, yeah. you know, so was... It, was, it was bad. It was really bad. And, and for a very long time, I had a lot of guilt over it. And, um, and, and it took a long time. We were so young when it happened and it took a long, long time for me to come to grips with the fact that, that it was just an accident that happened and, um, you know, but it was bad and it yeah. was, it changed me forever. You know, it just, it was a moment, a day in, in life that I will never be the same from again, ever, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, so, I, I get that. And I, um. You know, it's funny, my memories of it are, I even had to ask you the year. I, I actually had it as happening later than it did. Um, yeah. And you, you, like, so you you bolted or belted out the, you know, the date exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I, you know, my memories are like little fleeting and I, you know, I often, um, you know, have my own reflection on it with guilt as well. And I mean, why don't you just go ahead, jump in, and then I guess we can analyze how we felt and how we reflect on it now. Um, yeah. But uh, Billy loved to swim. And, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's how this started. So it was
2: it was 1985, June of 1985, and and you and I were done with school. Um, it was like the first few days of summer vacation, and so I was um had just turned 15 and you were still 15 not quite 16. billy was not quite let's see if it was 85 billy was turning th- he was 12 turning 13 in a couple of weeks
1: right um alive, and, and 16th
2: <laughs> correct and um <clears throat> sorry um <clears throat> he uh at the end of his school year You know, we had exams, but Billy and John never went through exams. So his classes were half days at the end of the year. And this was a period of time where dad had gone back to work. Um, We haven't gotten into our dad's illness very much, but our dad had a brain tumor. um, And he was out of work for quite a while. And he convinced the doctors to let him go back to work um, for a period of time, which was completely against their Advice, but he did it for, we'll, we'll share that some other time. Yeah. Um, he wanted to
1: buy a house for, for mom. He,
2: he did. He, he wanted did. to buy a house yeah. for mom and he also wanted to, he knew that his time was going to be short and he, he worked real hard at becoming a skilled tradesman at General Motors and he mm-hmm. retired as a skilled tradesman to set mom up for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. So anyways, dad was at work. Um, he was working the day shift, and, um, I believe John was already home from his half a day and you and I were home um, and Billy mom had to run a couple of errands. She actually was at her friend Grace's house, which was not too far from our house at all. As a matter of fact, you could have, you could have walked it. It was just mm-hmm. in an adjacent neighborhood. Um, and mom had said before she left, I have some errands to run. Billy's going to be home at such and such a time. Um and I'll be home shortly after I can you get him off of the bus and sure mom, no problem. And so Dad had given you a task of cleaning the shed in the backyard. There was something he wanted to do and he had said given you the task of Larry, can you do this, this and this with the shed? I remember you were out in the backyard taking wheelbarrow, pulls, <laughs> <probably not. laughs> taking wheelbarrow fulls. Probably not. Taking wheelbarrow fulls of stuff, you know, from the shed, whatever it was you were doing and um, one of my friends came over and we had decided we were going to go swimming. It was a warm June day. And um, Billy came home and it was probably somewhere around 11 30, 12 o'clock. Um, and he came, I got him in the house and I changed him into his bathing suit because we were all going to go swimming. Billy loved to swim. He loved to swim. He would, he just, he loved it. He would jump up and down and be so happy. And, um,
1: so he had a big old I, uh, life preserver that had to be on him before he went in the pool as well, uh-huh. right? Because of the, because of him jump, you know, falling into seizures at a moment's notice.
2: Right. Right. I think that the life preserver came after this incident. I don't because re- I can really? tell you for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I can tell you for sure that I didn't put that on him because I was going to be in the pool with him. Okay. Like I, I maybe it was, Looking back, I mean, that that's one detail that's maybe a little fuzzy. Maybe we put it on him if no one was going to be in the pool with him. But this particular day, I was going to go swimming with him, and so was my friend. And shout out to my friend, Nicole, if she listens to this. She was there through this whole thing. Um, and so I walked Billy outside and got him up on the deck, and he used to jump right in. No, you know, oh, no whole yeah. card. He just jumped right in and would be really happy. And when I got up on the deck and he was in the water, I realized oh, I forgot to take my contacts out. I wore contacts at that time. And you were in the backyard working, and I said, "Larry, just keep an eye on Billy. Yep. I have to go back in the house for a minute." And you said, "Okay." I don't think I was in the house more than
1: and I didn't three I, to four I, minutes. I, right, I think I just peeked and you know, we, uh, yeah. So I mean, yep. he
2: was he was right there. It's not like we left him completely alone. You know, he was, he was right there and you were walking. If you could have, if I could describe the backyard, if you were standing in the driveway facing to the backyard, the pool was on the left and the shed was on the right and they were parallel to one another. So you were back and forth walking back and forth. It's not like you left him alone. And it was, you know, it was just one of those stupid immature things a, a young teenager with no foresight would do and um so i came you know I went in the house and did what i did and came back outside and as soon as i stepped outside and this is really hard for me to share like to this day to this day i can oh yeah I, I i can just put myself back into that situation without even like it's happening right now, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. I, I remember I stepped outside and I looked to the back of the um, the, the pool area and, um, I, you know, I, I, uh, no I didn't Billy. see Billy moving around. I didn't see any kind of movement in the water, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I remember my heart just sank and I thought to myself, Oh, dear God, where's Billy?
1: Yeah. And I, and yeah, I you thought, yelled immediately. <clears throat> I was in. Well, the I, I
2: remember thinking, I remember thinking at that moment, well, maybe I just can't see him because the deck is in the way right. and you were walking, you know, you were up at the front and I went, Larry, where's Billy? And you said, he's fine. I just checked on him. He's he's jumping around playing. So I had a momentary, like a split second feeling of like, OK, it's, it's probably fine. And to this day I can remember walking back towards that pool with this just horrible sense of dread, like just terrified of what I was gonna walk up and see because I, I just had this horrible feeling deep down that something was not was not good. It just yeah. wasn't good. And um I climbed this up to the deck and Billy was face down in the water. Yeah. And um I remember screaming at you the top of in. my lungs.
1: Yeah, you jumped in I right screamed away.
2: for you. I jumped in, and I reached up underneath him and pulled, like, under his shoulders and pulled him up out of the water. And when I did that, his head fell back onto my shoulder, yeah. so his face was right next to mine. And I can remember the look on his face being just—it was horrible. It was horrible. It was— um it it just his there was nothing there. There was no yeah. life whatsoever. Right. And I remember by that time you came running and my poor friend Nicole just stood there frozen and I was know. Just, she whatever.
1: What a, a, she what, a was... what a
2: terrible thing for her to have to witness. Mm-hmm. And so I screamed to her, Nicole, go call nine one one and she did. And you and I pulled Billy out
0: and now, put him up the on... interesting
1: thing about that was I think uh, I I was within a month of taking a CPR class because I was beginning to substitute at Bosis at that time. Yeah. And uh, or a summer program uh, with the but anyway so I had just gotten and you knew you kind of knew CPR as well because you were taking it taking nursing at school right?
2: Well, I hadn't quite got. I was on this was at the end of my sophomore year, so yeah. I had not but I believe in our health classes we probably had some you know cpr instruction but we got him out of the pool and onto the top of the deck and there was absolutely no life in him whatsoever Mm, and i remember just blue lips and i remember saying to you larry do you know cpr and you said a little and we started to perform very basic cpr on him and giving him chest compressions and trying to blow breath into him. And it was horrific yeah. because here's you and I, 15 years old and um, you know, talk about feeling like you had done the worst thing in the world. Like you left him alone for just a split second and you just, just stupidity and just,
0: right. you just,
2: it was just stupid. And um, I remember just trying and trying to to continue to 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 do the CPR on him, and
1: yeah, we took turns. It seemed
2: like, yeah, it seemed like eons had passed, and finally the volunteer fireman showed up. And, and at that
1: time, Billy had already vomited in my mouth once, which, um, I mean that that this is where my memory gets really clear. I, you know, I mean the details that you're sharing, I mean, are, are really intense and. But I remember helping helping get him out of the pool and laying on, and then when we would blow in his mouth, hearing just like a gurgle. And, yeah. Um, but we kept going though. We kept going. We did. We didn't stop. We, and
2: we didn't stop. We just kept it going began and to trying. Come out
1: to... And started water yeah. first water, and then you know the usual. It did.
2: And um, <clears throat> I remember the other thing. I don't know if you remember this, but I vividly remember this that. When the volunteer fireman got there.
1: Oh um, yeah, I remember that. He actually
2: yeah, He actually the volunteer fireman actually yelled at you and I.
1: Screamed at us. And Screamed I at you know the us. thing is is we're in the middle of doing CPR we're like, you know, get up here and he stood there holding mm-hmm. a bo- holding his his emergency kit box screaming at us to get away from <clears> him, throat> him throat> and that we probably just broke every bone in his chest. Right. Without even asking remember, yep. if we knew what we were doing. Right. you know like he hey, are you, you know, instead of just jumping in and getting yep. going he literally right. stood there until another volunteer fireman came up and mm-hmm. didn't he drag him off the deck and his feet bounced off the deck like he jumped he, yeah he yeah.
2: he picked billy up by underneath his arms did to secure his neck nothing just picked billy up from underneath his arms and pulled him down the stairs
1: and I remember his ankles, his feet, the back bouncing, of his, yeah, all the way down yes. the, the steps. All of the way deck. down
2: the yeah. deck. And uh, I remember screaming at the top of my lungs, please help my brother. Because he was standing there screaming at us saying that we did everything wrong. And we probably just made things worse. And I just, I, yeah, I, that, that just, was it. you know, yeah, that was you know, like we just, we're just kids ourselves and we were just doing the best we could at that moment. And, um, it was then that I went in and called mom. And, um, I called her at her friend's house and, uh, Grace answered the phone. And I said, I was hysterical at this point. And I, Grace got, you know, answered the phone and, and I said, Grace, I need to talk to my mom. And mom got on the phone and mom, mom just, you know, Grace must have said something's wrong. And mom answered the phone, what's wrong? And I started sobbing, mom, please, mom, please come home. And she didn't even let me tell her what happened. She just slammed the phone down and said, I'm on my way. She had no idea what was, what happened. And um, again, Grace lived close that we could practically walk it. So I think mom was, I I think home in three minutes, (laughs) And so when mom got there, more volunteer firemen were there and um, ambulances. And,
1: yeah, see, um, I don't remember any of that part. I I, I mean, I remember I think, what happened when I went to dad's work. We'll get into that after the break. But yeah, what yeah. happened when mom got there? Because I, I so don't remember. So when
2: mom got there, she got out of the car and started to run towards Billy. And the police officer that was there grabbed a hold of her by, by her waist. And stopped her and said, "No, you can't go back there yet." And mom was screaming. I can remember scream her screaming, saying, "Please let me get to my son." And they said, "Not yet. They're working on him." And at that point, they were they had gotten Billy to cough up some water. Okay, and um, and they put him in the back of the ambulance. And mom said, "You know." Then they said, "You can ride with him," and. The ambulance pulled away and I, before, before the ambulance pulled away, mom said to you, Larry, go get your father. Yep. And dad was at Chevy in Fonawanda. And so within 10 minutes, everything, I didn't know if Billy was alive or dead when they were pulling out of the driveway. I had no idea if he was going to make it. You had to leave to go get dad.
1: Right. And it was I stood a there. a minute drive, the other side of town there. Yeah. There was and I no way to call them. no no cell phones, obviously. Right. And right. there was it no way like... to call dad. I had to physically go to Chevy. And right. yeah.
2: And I do remember mom saying this though. I remember mom saying, Larry, don't call we could have probably called the plant and had him track, and they could have had dad call. But I remember mom saying, Larry, don't don't call your father. Just go get him because I'm afraid of him driving, you know, like in a, I mean, it, looking back, it was just as bad for Actually, if you want to know the honest to God's truth, you were 15. You didn't even have your license yeah, yet. Permit.
1: <laughs> that's right. I no, had, you
2: weren't. You yeah. were only six. You were 15. You didn't even have your permit yet. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, no, that's correct. We just, but I knew how to drive. I used to
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I mean, in and that I, moment, it was and just I, a,
1: I do remember just, I mean, I had had on uh, jeans and, and a shirt, and then I was soaking wet, wet shoes, yes. everything.
2: You were wet from the yeah. armpits down.
1: Yeah, and I never and, um, uh, changed. I just jumped in the car and went because right. you know, and we had no clue what was going to happen at that point. You know,
2: Nothing. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. that ambulance pulled out of the driveway, I had no idea if that was going to be the last time that I ever saw Billy. I had no clue. And there were no cell phones, and I couldn't keep in contact with people. And I couldn't, I, I, here I was, just 15 years old, standing in, in our driveway, watching an ambulance pull away, lights and sirens. And I thought, dear God, my brother's going to die. And I it's my fault. It's my fault. I left him. I didn't, it's my fault. And um, you left and went to go get dad. And uh, I stayed home with John John.
1: And, uh, the again, interesting no. thing was about getting to Chevy was there was, he had to go through security to get into the plant. And, uh, I went to the front gate and said, my dad's in the powerhouse. My brother just drowned. And the guy saw I was head to toe wet. Can I please go get him and not call him? And right. the guy's like, go. And, That that memory of I knew just I mean, we had taken tours. I've been in there a couple of times Sure. and I ran through the Tonawanda engine plant. Remember my shoes squishing and I and that's when I burst into tears because um, I knew I had to deliver this news to dad and if he's going to, you know, and um, that's when I got upset. And sure enough, I get all the way back. And that was probably a good quarter, half mile. I don't know. It was long. It was a long walk back to the power plant. Big plant, plant yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember running into the powerhouse, and Dad saw me. And I didn't even say a word. And he grabbed his face and started crying. and yeah. and, and he's like, who? And I said, Billy. And I, he grabbed his coat or grabbed his stuff and lunchbox or whatever. And we ran out and then he, he did drive to, it was, was it children's or mercy? Where, which, where did he the go? Children. he
2: was taken to children.
1: Yeah. Children's hospital in Buffalo. And, um, we got there and he had come around.
2: They, mm-hmm. they
1: had resuscitated. And uh, I do remember I was really upset and that Dr put his hand on my shoulder and said, you saved your brother's life. You and your sister right. saved your brother's life.
2: Yeah. And um,
1: I wish you could was, have experienced that because. I
2: know uh, there's, there's something that happened, two things that happened while you guys were gone. Number one, um, again, I remember not wanting to call anybody. I didn't even want to call grandma or anybody to tell anybody what happened because I was just, I sat there just crying and crying and crying and trying to Explain things to John, and who shows up? None other than the reporter. Yeah,
1: Channel Four.
2: <laughs> channel, you know, it was Channel Two oh, actually. Channel two, channel, yep. channel two showed up. They must I, back then. They listened to police scanners, you uh-huh. know, yep. and um, they showed up and knocked on the front door. And I answered the door, and they said, <laughs> "You know, they identified themselves as a, identified themselves as a reporter from Channel Two, and they wanted to know was there a drowning here today." And I looked at them and I said, please, I can't talk about this right now. And I shut the door and I just was like, I can't even discuss right now. I, a reporter, you want to be, you want to put this on the news? Well, and they did they put took, it on the news. They did. They took video was, footage to of the house.
1: Took, yeah. The, our, I remember yep. seeing first, dr- first summer drowning of, you know, whatever, yep. you know, as a yep. headline.
2: Yep. And took video of the house, and she had it on the news. And then once it aired on TV, then the phone started ringing yep, off the hook.
1: Sure did and I was taking
2: one house. phone call after another of what happened. And it got to a point where I stopped answering the phone. And, again, there was no caller ID and all that nonsense. Answering machines had just come out, you yeah. know. And <laughs> so I started letting the answering machine take it because, you know, keep in mind, uh, we were, you know, I look back and – We were just 15-year-old kids. You know, we were just kids. And we just tried to handle something the best way we knew how at such a young age. And um, so, you know, after the reporter showed up, um, mom called. And I don't think you had gotten there yet with dad. And it was probably an hour or so, maybe an hour and a half after they left from, you know, taking Billy there and they got to the hospital and mom said to me, she was crying and she said, Laura, when was the last time you chlorinated the pool? And I burst out crying and I said, this morning, like you told me to, I said, I did what dad told me to do. He told me to put chlorine in this morning. And I said, did that make things, I said, well, you weren't, you know, you weren't there. And I, and I remember saying, is that bad? Is this bad? Did I, is this making it worse? And mom said, no, the doctors wanted to know if the water was basically clean, like what kind of, if there was going to be bacteria in the water. And I said, well, what's happening with Billy? And she said, he's breathing. He's breathing on his own, but he's not conscious yet. And so she said, he's not out of the woods, but he's breathing. And so at that point, the next question was, did Billy suffer more brain damage right. from what just happened? You know, and keep in mind that Billy, um, uh, between John and Billy both, if we had to grade who has, I don't want to say the worst disability, but Billy cognitively has always been much lower than John ever was. And he, you know, functions like a young preschooler, you know, and, um, so miraculously, Billy suffered no more brain damage from that, that incident. Um, and, you well, know, you talk about the guilt. That yeah,
1: that's exactly now the the follow up to that. And obviously Billy is still with us, but we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, let's get into the post of all that and, and how, um, how that affected you. And I'm going to tell a, a much shorter story of, what uh i went through years of guilt with and at at times still do um yeah and uh billy and i had an accident playing together but uh we're gonna take a break real quick we really would like to invite you to visit our patreon page and uh here's uh here's a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the follow-up
0: we invite you to visit Patreon.com/supportsibs and support the podcast with a five or ten dollar monthly subscription. You'll get exclusive access to the full episode one day earlier, along with the bonus segment "Musical Mayhem," access to the full unedited show with all the funny outtakes and bloopers. Again, that's Patreon.com/supportsibs.
1: You know, I, um, I, I just, it, it, as you told all the details of that story, I realized how much I didn't remember. And this is definitely, um, is one of the things that, uh, had been a big part of your memory over and over again. And, um, mm-hmm. immediately after, um, I mean, a Billy, uh, I, I did recover, but, um, what, what were, how are some of the ways that you experienced the guilt and how did you, what did you do to, to, to try and overcome it? Because guilt is a horrible emotion that causes cyclical thinking and anxiety and, uh, can manifest physically. Yeah. So I, I, it, it's, uh, and that, that took me a lot of counseling and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. to, to figure that out and how to move on from guilt, from uh, poor decisions or mistakes that you made. Um, yep. But uh, what did you do? Well, you...
2: you know, for the longest time, it was, in my brain, it was my fault. It was my fault that this happened. And, um, you know, I I didn't think, you know, again, I mean, when, the, when you're older and you have children, you know, you're very conscious of things of like water and, you know, anything that could be potentially dangerous to your children, because, you know, you're just kind of wired differently when, when they're your children. And, um, you know, as a teenager and just, you know, being a 15 year old kid and teenagers have been, you know, kind of discussed and proven that they don't have much um, foresight and, you know, they don't think long-term. And so I really, really, carried with me for a long time, that it was my fault, that I had done something stupid and that it was my fault that that happened. And um, how did I heal from that? If if I had to be 100% honest, it was mom. Mm. Mom really, um, I think she knew that I was, you know, really felt responsible for what I had done and, you know, or didn't do lack thereof. And, um, mom, you know, through after everything was all done and Billy was recovering and, you know, how he ended up coming, he did end up staying in the hospital for a couple of days under observation and to make sure he didn't develop any kind of pneumonia or any sort of thing like that. But it was mom who, um, just really consoled me and helped me see that it was just a stupid accident. And, she didn't hold any resentment towards me for, you know, for that happening. Um, And, you know, absolutely didn't hold me responsible that it was just part of the complexity of Billy that caused it more than anything. You know, it wasn't, it was just, you know, and I don't think we mentioned that it was determined that Billy had a seizure in the water. Billy, right. you know, I, yeah, I don't they, think I mentioned they, that,
1: but. Yeah, that's what happened. And and I've, it could have been the water temperature. There, there were right. some. I mean, yeah, they, they he suspected. Did have a seizure.
2: Yeah, the right. water was very warm. Keep in mind, the pool had probably been. Oh, Dad open. had the.
1: Yeah, Dad made, a, made that heater yeah. for the pool. Correct. Yeah.
2: And it was, mm-hmm. yeah, Dad did a very innovative thing after this happened, but the water temperature was cold. And they think possibly that the cold jar to his system caused him to have a seizure. And, um, you know, so it was just a series of events that happened. And it was just mom, I think, showing me compassion. And um, mom said, shared with me later on in, you know, my younger years of, You know, after Billy had been placed, it wasn't long after that that Billy had been placed. Billy was placed two years later in a group home.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that kind of triggered.
2: Pushed it, yeah. yeah,
1: And mm -hmm. and then that mom had an incident with Billy having a seizure in the pool. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Mom had an incident with Billy having a seizure in the bathtub and she couldn't lift him up. Right. And I think that was, you know, those events were like he needs 24-7.
2: Right. And mom said that when she this is what mom later told me in life, she said when she was pulling out of the driveway um, with Billy in the ambulance, she said she looked out the back window of the ambulance and she said, I stared at you and Larry standing there looking completely helpless and and, um, devastated and, you know, knowing that what you and I had just been through. And she said she knew right then and there that that it was time to start thinking about care for Billy that we no longer could provide, that his needs were just becoming too great and that situations like this, she didn't want us to carry the guilt of that for the rest of our lives, that something stupid happened and it was, she didn't want us to think it was our fault. And so in one, for instance, it, it, um, and I felt, I guess, maybe relief from that guilt. But at the next instance, here I'm thinking, great, now Billy's going into a group home because of my carelessness, you know. <laughs> and so it was really a couple of good years before, you know, mom explaining to me that it wasn't bad. It was, you know, it was, you know, Billy's needs were be- and his seizures were becoming worse. They weren't getting better. And he was, he was getting medication. bigger. There were right. nowhere he
1: near was... as many seizure medications back then. Right. It was just and few, um mostly barbiturates. You know,
2: crap. And so Billy was on a ton of medication and he was getting bigger and he was getting harder for mom to handle. Mm-hmm. And dad was slowly dying. Right. And mom knew it. And and so she knew she knew that if she didn't do something quickly things could be very difficult long-term down the road for her and us because dad was, you know, the doctors were saying that his cat scans were um, showing deterioration in his brain and all of that kind of stuff. So mom knew that it was, the writing was on the wall. And so, you know, it took a long time for me not to feel like everything that had happened that day was because of my carelessness, you know? and. Um, so how did that change me in my lifetime? I can tell you for sure that whenever anybody's in a pool, my eyes are, I never take my eyes off of anybody. Right. Um, it has changed me so much so that just the other day I had to run to the store and Christopher said, I'm going to take a shower while you're gone. And I said, no, Christopher, don't take a shower while you're alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> it's just because I keep thinking, well, what if he slipped and cracked his head and you know, it just, you know, probably caused me to be a little more um well, probably a lot more and maybe in sometimes unhealthy in an unhealthy way a little more obsessive, you know, um, and maybe a little more overprotective about certain things. But you can't not be changed when you live through that. You know, yeah. you can't be that formed a complete that that day, it was the worst one of the worst days of my life, you know, and um it just
1: I mean, Dear a lot God, of it too you know? is—I um, I mean, my feelings and and are that you feel bad that Billy and guilty that that Billy suffered too on you know that he he mm-hmm. went through something whether and, I know and and not have the ability to express those feelings or un, understand what right what's happening and and that's. That's the part that ate at me. I mean, Billy and I used to play a lot. And uh, in the mm-hmm. front yard, we'd toss a football around. And and we were in Florida for this story. And we'll, I'm going to make this one kind of quick. But we uh, I would toss the football to Billy and, you know, kind of come at him and take him to the ground. And he would laugh and laugh and laugh. And it was just fun. It was always great to see Billy laugh, you know Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. because it was genuine and it it was just contagious and um we were visiting our uh, grandma and grandpa schultz in florida and uh we were out in the front lawn tossing the football around and at this one particular time i i came at him and we fell to the ground and we were just too close to the sidewalk and um billy's uh arm his left arm correct i don't remember which one but i think it's his left arm and he uh he hit it and i just heard it snap and um immediately billy began screaming in pain and at the same time slamming banging his arm on the concrete Uh, which turned it into uh uh, almost a compound fracture. Uh, yeah. I remember his arm lifting up, and yeah. and it hung, and uh, yeah. and he and you know that you know, here I was just trying to have fun with my brother and love on him, and here I, now I did this, I tackled him, and everything that ensued after that. Here we were in Florida, and and um, there was a lot of questioning when you bring in someone with a disability, and that can't. Tell his own story of what happened. Right. Mom and dad were questioned pretty hardcore. Uh, yeah, they if, were. Um, if it were abuse. And uh, yep. boy, oh boy, the guilt that set in for that um, with me lasted quite a long time. And um, yep. it ended up weakening his arm and he broke it again. A couple of years later, it became very fragile. And um, that was a difficult thing for me and took a lot. Counseling through some depression and anxiety and the things that I went through to understand yeah. how to let that go. Um, yeah. part of it is you feel that emotion so strong of guilt and anger at yourself, and it was because we loved our brothers so much, you know. Right. But eventually, uh, you know, I did work through all that, and it, it took a long time. And, um, anyone out there that's listening that that has guilt because of your, your uh, brother or sister don't ignore it. You know, I mean, I, I'm not i I'm not trying to give psychiatric advice here, but I can tell you this from my own experience, letting guilt fester is not a good thing.
2: Yeah. not. And, uh, yeah.
1: and, uh, can be, um, even have physical manifestations. They know that for, as a medical fact now, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it's again, it's something that happens quite differently than than just quote normal relationship between siblings because they need care, they need extra help to get through life on on basic things. And uh, when you make a mistake that interferes, you know, causes bodily harm or death. I mean, I mean, obviously Billy didn't die, but we didn't. We we thought he was gonna. He was clinically drowned at one point. There was no doubt about that. He had no pulse. Right. He had blue lips. You know, he, he had technically drowned at that point. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up, oh, we're going to make people laugh before we uh, go for the... Oh, no, <laughs> not this again. <laughs> well, I only have oh, one more in the archives. I've been informed by your children that it's becoming more and more difficult to catch these. Uh, is there anything that you want to say in closing?
2: Yeah, I think you you opened up a, a nice um, avenue about telling someone if you have guilt over anything over your sibling, um, you know, you got to learn how to let that go somehow, and maybe with the help of your family or friends or professional counselors.
1: You know, it's, um, there's a spiritual element to that, and we don't. I don't always want to go down that road, and a lot of it is. Uh, that was a big element with us, with uh, youth pastors and prayer, and, and the spiritual yeah. element. However, you deal with that in a spiritual you had to lear- way.
2: Exactly, you, know? yeah. you have to learn how to forgive yourself because God forgives us, you know. And it was, did I do something wrong that day? Yes, yeah, I did. Was it intentional? Dude. No. You know, hindsight is always twenty-twenty. You know, and um, it just, it, you know, looking back. I remember thinking it was just the the um, the nature of Billy's needs that were growing. I know that now, but then it was, you know, in my very young, immature teenage brain, it was. You know, it took a long time for me to forgive myself over that. It really did, um, and to this day, I mean, honestly, I mean, I I really did my best to not break down and sob through telling that story because. that it really to this day I can feel this ache in my heart when I talk about it because it was it changes you so you know I guess like I said if I can try to use something for the positive then you know maybe it taught me to be a little more cautious and it taught me a little bit more about self-forgiveness and and you know taught me a little bit more about maybe compassion for other people because silly. Silly, ridiculous things happen, and it—it's sometimes it's just somebody's fault, yeah. you know. And it just happens the way that it does. And I think in a family that have children with disabilities, um, there's a preponderance there where it's probably more likely where tragic things can happen just because of the nature of the needs. Mm-hmm. So you know, don't carry that. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're all doing the very best that we can do. And no more or no less, you know, and, and sometimes the very best we can do, um, it's just, I don't want to say it's not enough, but sometimes you just need more help, you know? So, and that's what we began to realize with Billy is that it was becoming, we needed more help, you know, and it was, um, so it was a pivotal moment in our, in our years of growing up and it was a pivotal moment for mom and and dad and, and Billy. Right. Um, you know, I can't tell you how thankful I remember mom also saying that she prayed so hard at the hospital and said, Lord, please do not take him from us. Do not let my children live with that sort of guilt. Oh yeah. And I, uh, you know, she prayed so hard and hardcore. I really believe that God, yeah, hardcore. And I truly believe from the depths of my soul that God restored Billy that day because of that prayer. Um, you know, he. He was, it was not good. You know, he was definitely, um, he was definitely at death's door. And the fact that he pulled through and had no lasting damage was a truly, a, it was a, a miracle. Yeah. You know, that there was nothing more that I happened to agree. him. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, this was a heavy story and I, I apologize. I don't want to make people feel down. Um, but if there's anything that can come out of this is maybe it will um, inspire you to show just a little more compassion to people, um, be kind to people because you have no idea what some people could be going through. Um, and it's now, you know, more than ever, like, you know, there's, there's something that circulates on social media and it's like an iceberg and we only see the tip of the iceberg underneath or at the surface of the water and underneath is this giant chunk of ice. And, you know, at the, at the, Line of the water, it says what people, something to be effective, like what people see in the tip of the iceberg. And then underneath, it's something to be effective. It says something like what people don't see, you know? So, you know, I'm not sure that aside from my immediate circle of friends, it's probably something I never shared at school. I never talked about it. I never, you know, other than our immediate family, um, it's just something that I think we carried silently. So, you know, it was just something that I probably was very almost ashamed of that because I, again, I felt like it was my fault. So, you know, if anything, you never know what someone's going through and it's really it costs you nothing to be kind and compassionate to people. So I guess that was my thinking when I said this needed to be shared. Um,
1: oh, I agree. It it, it's, um, there's a lot more out there, uh, as far as stories and articles that I read and, and, uh, you know, this, this obviously I don't want to use the word scar, but it did, like you said, it changed us in a way. And, uh, you know, we did suffer through some bad feelings about it, but yeah, you know, I think in the end what you just said, it increased our compassion and we never, you know, we never made, took the eye off the pool again, even with our own children. And, you know, um, so there, there is some positive outcome to it all, but I guess, and, you know, the first step is being kind of aware how you're feeling and right. what you're doing about it. But, right. you know, next episode, I, I, I want to get into some, we got to come up with a couple of really funny times, which... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that don't really I like laughing a, better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, is. guess what time it is?
2: Oh no, God, Yes. come on. Katie,
1: yeah, I know what time it is. Well, first oh. of all, you know what's coming up really uh soon here, your favorite holiday.
2: Oh yeah. Sign me up. Well, like, this is like, I know.
1: I know you don't okay, like Halloween. Full
2: disclosure, full disclosure right here. Um, I I, I do not like Halloween and right. I got that from mom. Mom just yeah. like program programmed me to not like Halloween, but I, you know, just, I don't know. It just, (laughs) it just creeps me out and I don't like scary movies and I never have, and I never will. And, you know, and, and I'm just glad when it's over and I love, I love seeing the kids dress up super cute and it just makes me, you know, takes me back to when my kids were small and. I never let them dress up in as anything evil or yeah. horrible. It was
1: always cute <laughs> yeah, know. stuff and skunk. Yeah, skunk. And Katie was a bag of jelly beans one yeah. time. That
2: was funny. I dressed I her up a like clear... a great
1: white shark this past Saturday. Now by the actually by the time uh the uh this airs Halloween will be over and, and uh yeah. you will be playing Christmas music, I know.
2: Yeah, yeah, bar, right? and I will say, that's yes. that's what Halloween I'm,
1: is for you the day after it's Christmas music. And
2: but, uh, Thursday, I am dressing up as a gumball machine. <laughs> I had made my costume, yeah. and I am—I looked it up online, and I thought, now there's something I can't screw up, because I know I'm absolutely, my talent is not an art. So it actually turned out really good, my costume turned out good. But yes, on Friday, November 1st, without any shame or guilt, uh-huh. haters are going to hate, I don't care who likes it, Christmas music starts in my life and it goes until January 1st. (laughs) I don't know how people can't get excited about the birth of Jesus. That's Mm -hmm. how I feel about it. And so (laughs) there, uh too bad. (laughs)
1: Hey, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. Want to come down for a visit?
2: Oh my God. (laughs)
1: All right. So I don't know the, I don't know. I actually, uh, maybe you can share uh, with the world what you what what show you were watching after but katie sent me a video and i guess it was in the morning you were uh prepping for school and you were watching a show in the morning and then went in the bathroom but here it is my favorite part of every episode laura laughing (laughs) this is 3.0 check this out
2: oh god
1: listen to that now i know you gotta here let's just pause i know you gotta you gotta kind of cut through the tv uh He had a TV on eleven, apparently. Well, but still, you gotta. If you listen really close, this is the best. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're doing it the same way. Oh my gosh. Here comes little pause. Here comes a big one. (laughs)
2: I can't even go in a bathroom anymore in my house without getting videotaped outside the door. Listen to to that. (laughs) What
1: were you watching?
2: I don't know. I don't even know. I don't have any idea. And I just want to tell you this morning when I woke up, my husband looked at me and said, what were you laughing at last night in your sleep? I said, I don't know. And he said, you sat up straight up in bed, like just popped up and started laughing oh, and you gosh. laid back down.
1: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> I mean, I Wasn't there one
1: time you you were dreaming about uh, cartoons or something? I don't know.
2: No, I, what just recently I was talking as if someone was standing right next to me and he recorded the whole thing. And I was talking about my students and my teacher, a Gail and saying something about, like, somebody left the door open and the kids stuffed their jackets in a hole or something. I don't, know. I got nothing. I, I don't know <laughs> what happens to my brainwaves that night. But, yeah, that was during the day. I don't know, something, I watched something funny or I watched a funny video or something. And I was just dying laughing. And, wow. you know, I go to, there I like go in to go to the bathroom just to, you know, and there, I'm like thinking about it. And I'm laughing and they're outside the door recording the whole thing. So awesome.
1: yeah. Awesome. They, uh, uh, Katie's Katie's the bomb when it comes to sneak. Yes. I mean, as I mentioned before, I know she's got some of me and we'll we'll do something. Usually the stuff she taped to me was like me snoring or you know. But
2: <laughs> I, I wish I we had just some Yeah,
1: one? I
2: wish we had some video footage of you when you were uh when you did some sleepwalking. Sleepwalking,
1: yeah, I know. Well <laughs> There is one out there. It's actually in my archives. Jake videotaped me out um, back in the day when I smoked. I was outside on the front lawn in my. Oh, God. Yeah. Thank you, (laughs) Ambient. Yeah.
2: In my boxers.
1: I had like dice boxers (laughs) with my head (laughs) hanging down. I know. There was. Thank you, thank you, Ambien.
2: (laughs) Anyway. Who who is there to capitalize on it? None other other than our children. Our children, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just capitalizing on our moments where they can just use it against us for their advantage.
1: (laughs) Oh, Chris, and, you know, Chris just, he relives those moments as if he, you know, he just, his memory of it is like a recording. I know. I know. (laughs) We got to get him on and get him yapping one of these days. Oh gosh. Yeah. He's a, he's a trip. He's and, a trip. Well, we're going to wrap this one up and thank you so much for listening. Share this with everyone. And now you can go to supporting and you can subscribe on every platform, Spotify, Apple music, uh, play it direct from the website, whatever. And also visit our Patreon page. And, uh, I guess that's it. That's a wrap. Laura, yeah. we, we got the wrap. All right. Hey, you want to thank make you the everybody? Wor- yes. Thank you very much for uh, listening and being a supporter of supporting siblings. God bless. Hey, you want to make the world a better place? Commit a random act of kindness to a complete stranger.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share your stories and write to us at a not so typical at gmail.com. Or visit supportingsibs.transistor.fm and connect with us on all our socials.